Okay, I caught them in time. And by the looks of it, I'm really glad I asked for extra dumplings. I'm gonna need more chairs. Sorry. If you're coming to us directly from Article 6, welcome. The boys are getting takeout, and they will be back probably by the time I'm ready to start telling the story. Conveniently enough. I wanted to take this time while we're waiting, and I don't normally do this, but I will speak for Evan and Patrick in this case. We wanted to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much for supporting us, for listening, for being a part of our tale, and for joining me in the writer's room. Thank you for following us on our socials. Thank you for supporting us on our Discord. Thank you. Anyway, before I get too emotional, let's get back to it. I believe... Oh, yeah. Here it is. Article 7. Something wicked. So, you've signed your charter. You've pinned that charter to the wall. You saw something weird happen to your charter that even Ideta Kumbo has never seen before. And now you're back on La Rosa Blanca. Where are you? What are you doing? I think Waylon's on deck, polishing his guns as he is want to do, staring up at the stars. Kind of a quiet evening, no? After that storm, bit of a surprise. Something wasn't right with that storm, as I think was very apparent. Surprised it moved in and out so quickly. There's a few things bothering me, Captain. What do you mean? That fellow wasn't Avalonian as far as I could see, and we sort of know our own. Well, the Lottias do look kind of stuffy sometimes, so... <laughs> Not you, though. Not always. Really? The raggedy bastard that I am, I don't look stuffy. Well, right, you look raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> he... He was wielding our magic. He was doing things he shouldn't have been able to do. And I'm very curious to know how and why. There's a lot of things that happened to stay that I'm very curious to know how and why. Are you familiar with Avalonian magic at all? Can't say that I've spent any time studying them or anything about it, but I've heard stories and rumors. That's about it, really. Fair. Do the fairies of Avalon, are they, um, are they like Arsons or anything? Because <laughs> that fire was well different than anything I've ever seen. I mean, they've been known to play tricks, some that can be destructive at times. You ever met an arsonist, uh, Pixie, before? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I can say I have. Not that I've known, at least. There's two different types. There's Seely and Unseely. Seely tends to be a little bit more... Oh, benevolence, the wrong word, but you catch my meaning. That was the fairy fire that we encountered. It's very useful, not a bit of malevolence about it, but everything else, that was unseely. It was dark, evil magics. It bothers me. I don't rightly know what to do about it. Well, Aragosta is wildly connected, and I'm certain that if you wanted to ask around, you'd be able to find something about this guy. Seemed like quite a uniquely looking fella too, so he's got that going for him. I maybe in the morning before we set off. What are we setting off to, by the way? Before I forget, would you mind giving me an extra pair of eyes for something? Aye. 
come on. And he pats Wayland on the shoulder and nods his head over to the quarters. So Jesse walks in and finds a couple candles and lights them up. I figure you have an eye for detail. No, I do. Brings him over to the main table. He takes the main map of the Atabian Sea, rolls it out on the table. Between Yakinai and the fact that I drew most of these maps here, and sets them down on either side of the map so that it doesn't fold back in. And he pulls out the secret map, and he unfolds it, and he places it down up in the corner, like up around where the rest of the open sea is, so that it's got enough space. Let's see if we can cross-reference and figure out where we're going. Waylon's going to take out his flask and pour himself a drink and start pouring over some of the smaller islands and taking a very close look at the shapes. And you have the crystal on the hidden map in order to see the hidden map? I'm going to see if I can just kind of prop up my spyglass, keep one eye on the crystal, and then shift back and forth between the maps. Okay. What do you think? Give me a... Give me a hand. So, I've given you guys the prop map, and our lovely listeners can find this map in the Discord, under game props, should they wish to follow along themselves. Does any one particular region draw my eye? Because I have a couple ideas right now. Sure, tell me your ideas, because I am also looking at the map. How big is the secret map? An 8 by 11 sheet of paper. It can fit inside of a printer. I know, right? It's almost like I could print it out if I wanted to. <laughs> How convenient for Zoe's scribes to find. To print out this map. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. One of the things that's drawing my eye is a little bit closer to the colonies, specifically around the Devil's Strait. Another one that looks like it could be similar is right under the eastern of eastern Nahuri. The one that I was looking at that isn't actually, but I panicked for a second, was right under Fort Freedom. <laughs> but they're not the same shapes. Hang on, I'm turning the map upside down. Seeing if that helps. Is there like a compass rose on this, or is it literally just that piece of paper with shapes? There is a dog tag in one of the corners. The corner's been folded very slightly and then unfolded flat again. It's been specifically folded in the corner. Other than the actual creases of it to fit in the envelope, that is the only other fold in the paper. If Jesse folds it, what does it fold over? There's a little tiny N. It's so, so small that you could mistake it as a drop of ink. With a spyglass on it and your eagle eyes, Wayland, you see a tiny, tiny capital N. Okay. The N is just to mark True North. This is fun. I like this. It's cool because we actually get to use the maps. We don't ever get to use maps ever. This is a brilliant way to make use of the map in the beginning of the book. Ah, oh, this is cool. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like we're fucking pirates, bro. Captain, I'm looking primarily for this one that's shaped a bit like a fang. And that should be smack dab in the middle of them. If we can find that, and then this larger island right here, then we should be able to pinpoint 
wait, wait, wait. I've got it. Hey, what do you got? And I will put my finger smack dab under the sea of central Rahuri. It's Makaro. Hi. Well, and this is one of the many reasons why you're on my ship. <laughs> Waylon's just gonna sit back with his drink and mull it over a little bit. Makaro. Know anything about it? Think I had an old friend from Makaro who got hanged a couple of years back. Poor bastard. Sorry to hear that. He didn't have much going for him anyway. Wayland hasn't heard anything about Makaro, has he? Wayland has not heard of Makaro. Jesse has. It is one of the very few Rahuri settlements that are entirely Rahuri. You know Makaro as one of the hubs for trade in between Aragosta and Yamaka and Naka'an. Pirates will sometimes be hired to bring goods from Aragosta to Makaro, and then those goods get distributed through Rahuri ships to Naka'an or Yamaka. That sounds like serendipity if ever I heard it. Seems like all we have to do is find a job going to Makaro. A certain individual might be glad to see us taking on more coin. Individual or individuals, like the rest of the crew? <laughs> One maybe more than the others, but certainly all of them. Hi, Charles. Captain? We're heading to Makaro. Shall I get us underway, then? I need you to go to the Bucket of Blood. Thanks for the excuse to see my sweet sister again. Just see if Adedakumbo has anything for us to take there, or pick up. Right, I'll be back too, sweet. So, Makaro... I mean, the Rahuri, as far as I know, aren't too unkind to pirates. Wayland, how long have you been in the Atabian Far, other than the six months you've been with us? Not too terribly long, unfortunately. Primarily sailed around Babylonia and Ulthia. I ran into a bit of, a, a bit of trouble when I took down old Flinty, and uh, a dear old friend sent me to Aragosta. That's where I met you. I spent some time in the northern edges of central Rahuri, and I've been down to the eastern side of Rahuri. I'm familiar with the Rahuri people. I speak their language. Really? Aye. So at least we won't need a translator. Thank God, because I hate doing that. Might have to worry about the dialect, though. We'll see. It changes town to town, village to village. Right, right, right. I mean, even Avalon, there's... You think my accent might be hard to understand sometimes? Cool. Sometimes it seems like somebody's just tried to swallow a fish and... It's all right. Every colony has an earth. <laughs> you know, I heard about his death, potentially. Potentially? <laughs> There's no potential about it. You can't necessarily trust the people of Aragosta to always give you the right news. First-hand accounts usually help. I just don't necessarily want to believe he's gone already. Wayland is shocked. I mean, I knew he was a bastard, but... Jesse reaches over and grabs Wayland's drink. He branded me a pirate. So that the next day, TC bastard who finds me, kills me on sight, takes a big sip and finishes it and places it back down, slides it back over. Captain... 
If you were the one to take him down, I know that there would be that sense of closure for you. Sort of a poetic justice. There's nothing poetic about this, Willan. What I'm getting at. The things that man and his crew in the ATC do, did. That shit is deplorable. Found him with an entire ship full of slaves. That's unforgivable. I'm sorry if you feel robbed of the experience, that sense of revenge. It's worse than robbed. Knowing that, knowing what he did to you, it will certainly help me sleep better at night. Knowing that he's gone makes me feel like I've done you some good and the world some good. And again, all apologies that that chance is no longer there. Perhaps you're right, but I've seen some things that might not convince me otherwise, but I don't know. I've been questioning death a lot lately. Well, considering what we saw today, don't necessarily blame you. I just, I don't know if I've, if, if it's I don't want to believe you or if I really feel something. Feels like his soul is still walking, like them ghosts. At that, Wayland tenses for a moment and then relaxes and kind of shoots Jesse a smile out of the corner of his mouth. Oh, if he ever rears his ugly face, I'll let you have the first shot. Oh, kind. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what we're looking for. Now that I know my mother's out there, it would be a disservice for me to her if I didn't try to go look for her, especially after she left me some sort of clue. And we have our head in. So, Wayland, as you're walking the deck, Charles is back. He's a little unnerved. He's looking over his shoulder and turn around and, like, do a quick left and right and then keep walking. You don't see anything behind him. Okay. That's concerning. Charlie. Aye, sir. What are you... Got us a job. Right. I'm a little concerned as to the nature, considering your, well, nature at the moment. Got someone looking to go to Makoro. Book passage. Did the whole thing. Got on board and I can't seem to find him. They were right. Charles, did you lose a charge? Now look, it wasn't me intent. It just happened to be so that when I got on board, they were just... Mr. Radford, go clean the decks. Oi, sir. And then Mama Coco walks by, you guys. What's that all about? Why's the boss in trouble? What'd he do now? He's a dumbass. Did he eat all your candies on you again? No, he'll never find them. But he apparently lost our charge. And if our charge would like to introduce themselves, that would be very kind. You hear from behind you. I intended to. Sitting on the railing of the aft where the helm is, is a person. Jesse swings around and pulls his pistol out and names it. What do you think you're doing? Waylon does put his hand up. I think this might be our guest. Well, I just thought it would be kind of badass if I, you know... It was. It totally was. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. 
Don't even worry about it. I wasn't planning on shooting him or anything. I just No, of course not. It looked real cool. And I was trying to follow up with this might be a guest and do a whole Oh, we're both on edge, but we're mysterious and Right. Yeah. Right. Are you quite finished? <clears throat> Welcome aboard our ship. My ship. He puts his gun away. Who are you? The camera has been set up behind this individual, facing the two of you, so we cannot see any of their features. When Jesse puts the gun away, however, they slide off of the railing with the grace of a cat. Their tailcoat flourishes perfectly, and they land with the elegance of one, feather light and flawless. They take a formal bow, and as the camera comes around to lift up with them, we see an androgynous person. If we walked by them on the street, we might have passed them completely. But now that we are looking directly at them, they take up all of our perceptions. One word used to describe them would be ordinary. They have fair complexion, fair skin tone, black hair that hangs loose at shoulders length, and brown eyes. They are thin, but not overly so. Broad of chest, but only just. The only thing remarkable about them, at a glance, is that they are very tall about six and a half feet. Their suit is masterfully tailored, but not to enhance any of their features. It simply fits them as though it was made for them. Along with the suit, they wear a simple, nearly unnerving smile as they introduce themselves. You may call me Shade. Hmm. Shade? Shade. Simply Shade. Why weren't you following my bosun? I was. Jesse pulls his hat off. Welcome aboard the White Rose. He bows a little bit and he stands back up and the wind sweeps his hair so gently and he puts his hat back on. Waylon just kind of looks at Jesse, shakes his head a little bit and smiles. This is Waylon Greywell, Master at Arms of the White Rose. Pleasure to meet you. So you're coming with us? Indeed. What's your business, Makaro? Business that is entirely personal. And the sooner we set off, the sooner it is done. Are you in a rush? Time is a precious thing. Best not waste it. What did you tell our dear Charles, as far as uh, payment might be concerned? Make haste and see thy coffers filled. Waste time, and to the sea it will be spilled. Of course. Captain? Detecumbal always gives me the weirdest jobs. Welcome aboard like to stay for dinner? After I have rested, I will accept your gracious invitation. Now, are there quarters I should be escorted to? Or shall I remain a statue at your door? Well, that's a good question. That's up to you. Indeed. And they walk directly in between you two? Would you like... Towards the stairs? There are... Down below. There are hammocks. Without another word. Hammocks. <sighs> what just happened? Ask me in an hour. When we get back to Aragosta, I am going to kill Adedekumbo. You guys head downstairs. It is dinner time. Boots makes it a habit to have it at certain times. There's no dinner bell. It's just, you know. Dinner is at this time. If you're not there, you don't eat. Very special dinners are marked with the ring of a bell. Galley is pretty full. Everybody who is going to eat is there. Roz makes a note to grab Ursa's bowl and bring it downstairs because she doesn't come up for anybody or anything. Not ordered by the captain. 
He passes you on the way and almost runs into both of you, lifts up the bowls. Sorry, sorry, Capitan. Careful. Sorry, excuse me, wait, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. You're looking good today then, gentlemen. As do you, Raz. Thank you very much. Did you get a look at the new person? It was a bit hard to, but we sure did. They are something special. See? Jesse reaches his hand out and clasps Raz's shoulder. Do me a favor. See? Try not to piss them off. I don't see how they seem to be smiling all the time. Good man. And he slaps his face once. Get on with yourself. Thank you, Capitan. And he heads down below deck. There's a old wooden door that has been sawn in three quarters. So there's three quarters down below and a quarter up above. And there's a hinge and that quarter door opens up. And Boots is there ladling out each bowl and handing it out to people as they walk by. As you guys walk up, he puts it up on the pass. Just wait one moment. I have something special for you both. Oh, no. And he comes back and he takes these silver flakes and sprinkles them over each bowl. I'd like you to try it, please. Is it like a bowl of stew or something? Mm-hmm. I look to Jesse and be like, and I'll just kind of give him a nod. Jesse looks to Wayland and after you. Yeah. And I take a bite, a sip. It's hearty. It's a bite. Jesse takes a bite while also looking between Boots and Waylon. The stew is thick, a little on the tangy side. Not quite sure why, but it's a little tangy today. The meat is perfectly cooked. The vegetables are just at that right consistency where they're cooked enough, but not mushy. And the flakes add an impact of salt, but then it melts and coats the tongue. Before Jesse even takes his first bite, Waylon just looks at him and then just takes a second and a third. Just starts going at it. I take it. You like it. Master Chef. Aye. What have you done with me boots? What do you mean? Me boots are right here. And he leans down and then slams his big boot on the window. Oh, how much I appreciate you. Thank you, Beric. You're welcome. And he puts his boot back down. I might come back for seconds. There's plenty more. And you guys go and take your bowls down to sit. Yeah. I imagine that Wayland's bowl is pretty much empty by the time he gets there. After I had taken the bites while I was there, I leaned into Boots and just asked him to top it off. Please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> I asked Boots very kindly, with my eyes, big old puppy dog eyes, to top off my soup. Oh, you know I can't resist them. Thank you, Boots. You're welcome, Wayland. You wore my Avalonian heart. As the camera is panning over and looking... At that cafeteria scene where you're like, ooh, now I need to find a seat. There are three large tables. Mama Coco and Klaus are chit-chatting, talking to each other. He appears to have made a joke because he makes that face, the pun husky face. And Mama Coco's eating, deadpan staring. It washes right off of her. Jory has his bowl next to him and he's eating it from beside him. But in front of him is the map that he's been trying to clean ever since you gave it to him. It looks like he's tried almost everything, still covered in fish guts. His head will swivel to the left, and then 
to the right to grab the stew, and then to the left, and then to the right to grab the stew. He's eating in the most weird fashion. At this point, he's trying to transcribe it with a charcoal pencil, rubbing charcoal on it, trying to then print it onto normal paper. But he's doing this one-handed because his other hand is next to him. I'm really glad that information about the Black Betty ended up panning out because I don't think that map is going to be of any use. Give it time. He's persistent. Hawthorne, Cosette, and... Charles are all eating together. Cosette looks like she's busy writing something down. Hawthorne is looking at the bowl and staring at something on the wall, glaring at it as the camera pans by. There appears to be a nail sticking out. You can see the head of it. (laughs) And Agnes is sitting by herself as far away from those tables on the other side as she can. Jesse heads straight over to that table. Good evening, my dear. Is this table taken? She shakes her head no and goes back to eating. Waylon sits down and glances in her direction, but continues to eat. And a long moment passes. Of just eating the food. Quietly. I'm going to wait until she takes a break in her meal. She's very methodical. Just like with her speech, her movements aren't wasted. Every movement has the shortest but most efficient distance. Not impolite. Her tics and her mannerisms are precise yet efficient. And she puts the spoon down and then reaches for her drink, which is close in front of her, and holds it and leans back to let the meal settle. Perfect. The opportunity I was looking for. Agnes. She lifts her head up, and her eyes look in your direction. What do you know of unsealing magics? She blinks, looks down at her drink, then back over to you. Enough. Why? There was a pirate wielding fairy fire and conjuring ghosts. He wasn't of Avalon. Curious if you know... How someone might acquire that ability without it being inherent. I'm at a loss. Did he have anything? An object, you mean? She nods. Aye. I pull out one of the beads and gently place it on the table. Jesse pulls his out from his pocket and places it down. Agnes looks at it, reaches for it, and picks it up and holds it in front of her face. The camera now has a good view of a tiny skull, but it's not in the visage of a human skull. There's something different about it. It is made of iron, but there's a bluish shimmer as Agnes is rotating it in the light of the galley, which is very well lit. There are sconces on the wall with burning torches. And as the camera is zooming in closer, as Agnes is inspecting it, it unfocuses from the skull and focuses back on her face. And we see this distaste in her brow as it furrows. And then she places the bead back down. She takes a sip of her drink. That's no bead. What is it? It's not jewelry. Oh no. Oh fuck. 
Are these what I think they are? Agnes nods her head slowly. Oh, Waylon oh. recoils in his seat, crosses himself, and is unsure if he wants to pick it back up again. How many did he have? Do you remember? Three, I think. Aye. Three? That's just nasty. But evil is what it is. The fair folk are tricksters, but... But they encased in iron, are they not? No, it's not iron. Agnes corrects you. Tis. Would Wayland know about this situation? What Wayland would know is that cold forged iron is deadly to the Fae folk. Yeah. So this remain made of cold iron does not make sense to Wayland. I I don't understand. How? Why? What? Jesse. Hmm. And I will relay to him everything that I know about fairies and why this doesn't make sense. These are too small to be forged. As far as I'm aware, no tools can be that accurate. But they are remains, but they are iron. Agnes, what do you know of this? Agnes looks down at her drink and at her empty bowl, finishes her drink and puts her cup on her belt. Enough. Stands up picks up her bowl, does a strange thing where she takes her spoon and crosses it on the table and then puts it back in the bowl. Let it be. Looks at both of you in turn, Captain and Wayland, and says, No sooner do we she unmade, lay sundered by the till with Tig. Then she leaves. I'm not entirely sure if that was a riddle and the answer to the riddle is the answer to my question, or if that was just... Try not to think about it too hard. This is... I, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. This bothers me. This is Ursa's work. Waylon's holding his head and just staring at the skulls on the table. Do you think this has something to do with the Seren magic? It's possible. I just... Maybe a combination of the two. Aye, that's what I'm thinking. Right. I don't know. It re- requires further research, I think. <sighs> Can you believe I was going to put this in my hat? Just, I, I don't know. I put worse in my hat. I once put a half-bloody seagull feather up there, thinking that it's... Why? I I didn't think it was a seagull. That doesn't explain the half-bloody part. It was on the deck. It was dying. So I... How mangled was this seagull that you didn't think it was a seagull? Don't worry about it. It's not important. Don't be putting gore and viscera in your hat. It's a night hat. It was a unique-looking feather. I'm... I'm sorry, I suppose. (laughs) Apologize to the hat. Yeah, you're right. I'm getting more. Do you want any more? As good as that is, I've lost my appetite a bit, unfortunately. You don't want some more? Maybe. Oh, it was really good. Okay, yeah. No, let's go get some more. Jesse grabs his bowl and walks back over. Hi, Boots. Boots is a little preoccupied at the moment because there's a tall person standing at the pass. They have a suit on, very reminiscent of Avalonian nobility. It is a tail coat that is fine tailored. The color of it, 
you could call it blue, but it's merely black. It's that weird iridescent shimmer that is in raven feathers. But there's no green and there's no purples. They take a bowl from Boots, nod their head once, and swiftly turn on one heel to face both of you. Simply shade. Just shade. Well, it's just shade now. I thought it was simply shade. I am simply shade. So it is simply shade. No, I think what they mean is that their name is, it's simple, but it's just shade. Am I right in guessing that? Quite. I understand. I was, I was just doing, I was doing that thing. No, I doing that thing. I know. I, it's fine. Uh, excuse me, shade. Yes. Excuse me, shade. Is there something you require from me? I can get out of my way, please. I'm hungry. And they step one step to the side. Hi, Boots. You wouldn't mind. Not at all. Are you leaning at the pass? Yeah, he's there. Boots motions for you to lean in. Jesse leans in a little bit. I. Who's that? They're a passenger. We're heading to Makaro. Oh. We're dropping them off. Very well. I will do my best to accommodate their tastes. Thanks. Jesse, I'm. I'm gonna take a moment with Shade. Jesse walks by Wayland and places the bowl in his hand and just goes back over to the table. Wayland's just keeping eye contact with Shade. Shade has not blinked. Mm-hmm. Expected as much. Their facial features have not changed at all. They make no motion to eat the stew or to go sit down. They are standing perfectly straight and rigid. That smile staring, unblinking, right back at you, in your eyes. Waylon takes the bowl and turns the spoon in it while just looking at Shade, speaking very quietly and pointedly. Are you Fay? A bold query. What would give you the inclination? You hide in shadow. You floated down from the top of the deck. You dress Avalonian. You haven't blinked in about five minutes, and you're wearing an ever-present smile. So you're either Fay or of Fay, or else I've entirely missed my mark, which happens very rarely. You've leaned in, yes? Mm-hmm. Shade leans in a little bit more, turns their head just slightly, as if they're inspecting something on your shoulder and your coat. They take off a piece of dust and rub it in their fingers. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I am never wrong. Loose lips sink ships, I believe the phrase goes. The secrets will keep themselves quiet. Yes? Wayland leans back and puts the bowl out to the side and does a slight bow to Shade. I mean no disrespect. In fact, I mean all the respect. I appreciate your presence here. I have a deeply terrible question. And they nod and lift their eyebrows at you as if to say continue. That smile is still there. And I ask you, please, reserve anger and judgment. For I came by it in battle at the hand of a man wielding your powers. I found something... And I just hold out the 
bead, trying to hold it out of view from anyone else but Shade. I am so sorry. Smile remains. The facial features do not change. There is the slightest flicker of an emotion across their eyes. Do the pupils dilate for a sec? Human pupils slitting to something animalistic and then right back to human again. And here you show me the time is wasted. I must attend to my business with expediency, sir. Oh, yes. We will get you there as quickly as we can. I promise you. They lean in again. As they do, that smile opens up and you see not human teeth in a different smile as they lean very close, lips to ear close, and whisper, A promise kept is a soul saved. My word, Master Shade. They lean back, nod, and finally take a spoonful of stew and begin to eat very slowly. Oh, oh I didn't fucking realize you did that. This is good. I'm looking at it as a positive. I'm choosing to be optimistic, thank you. You know, sure, that's a word for it. I'm choosing healthy respect. I'm choosing fear. That's a good choice. That's the proper choice. The respect one has for the ocean. For a force of nature. The fear one has for the ocean. Fear for force of nature. Look, I know what I said and I chose my words very carefully. I'm gonna go sit down with Jesse. I think uh, stew's getting cold, Willen. I mean, if you're not gonna eat it, I'm more than happy to. No, no. All right, all right. I'm going to eat it. You keep your spoon to yourself, mister. Yeah, that's Captain to you, Willen. Captain. Did you find anything out about our friend? I, I think we should trust them. And why would I do that? They are shifty. They are weird as fuck, and their name is literally Shade. <laughs> Doesn't get any more creepy than that, Willand. Well, am I wrong? When we first met, do you remember how the rest of the room treated me? Of course I do. You were a target to all of them. Aye. And do you remember how a lot of things changed when one person gave me a chance? I do. I'm saying... Maybe we apply those principles here. I'm not saying they're going to get any less, for lack of a better term, shady than they already are. <laughs> but I don't think... I don't think we have to worry about any trouble from them. I really do think that they're just trying to get to their destination. All right. How's this? You get to keep an eye on them. Is that fair? Fair. Good. I wasn't going to let you have a say anyway. And that is fair. And Wayland will dig into his second helping of hearty stew. I have to find out what these silver flakes are. What on earth? I almost don't want to know. Ruins the magic. The cooking magic. Right. But if we know, we know where to get more. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's fair. A little bit more science. Master Greywell, we're pirates. We don't need science. 
that may be the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> From behind you at the table, you hear Jory. I did it! The fucking hell. <sighs> I did it! 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 All right, Piglet. What what did you do? Look! Look what I did! Look! I look. He holds up the fishing map. I'm afraid to ask, but how does it look? It looks clean and pristine and legible. How? Jesse puts his hand on Jory's shoulder. Thank you very much, Jory. You're welcome, Captain. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel real good. I feel. Magical. What was that going around today? Jesse gives him a little pinch on his shoulder. Yeah, you feel all right to me. Captain. That was his pulse. Waylon takes Jory's hand and feels his pulse. He slaps Waylon's wrist. What, no- what did I just say about science? I want to know. Don't bring that nonsense under my ship. You tell that to Klaus. Did someone say science? No. <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to my quarters. Jesse takes the map from Jory's hands, walks over to Boots, puts the bowl on the little counter. You've outdone yourself, Boots. Thank you. You can thank Captain Kip. Oh, yeah, I figured as much. That sounds about right. Okay, well, thank you, Captain Kip. Wherever that old salty bastard may be. Good night, Boots. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, Captain. Sleep well. You as well. Before the camera pans away and follows Jesse... Okay, no, seriously, like, how? Well, so there I was, and I thought licking it might do it, and then maybe I thought, well, maybe I as Jory is just babbling and going off, the camera just sees the image of Shade as they are walking past the table, and they've disappeared, turned the corner, and are no longer in sight. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> do we want to do a cutaway to the morning? I think so. Ah, yes. Nothing can possibly go wrong when you give your promises to the she. And by she, I mean S-I-D-H-E, which are the fey beings of Avalon. I'm sure it'll be fine. Anyway, thank you for joining me. We'll see what the morning brings. Good tidings, we hope. We'll see you next time. Be safe and well.